We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Officially here, 82 preseason games, finally the real season starts. Before we get into it, I just want to throw a few things out there. 53 wins, the Warriors have exceeded the Vegas over-under of 48 and a half. Mm. I think if you told ever, I, I, I was talking about this on playback. We did a playback watch party. We're going to do more of those through the playoffs. I went and listened to our preseason preview pod. I had the Warriors as the three seed. You had the Warriors as the four seed. We both had them at about 50-ish wins. We thought they would exceed that total, but not, like, kill it. And we thought mostly because of the age and injuries and those sort of things. And it's funny because the way they started, we were like, they're going to win 65 games, you know? <laughs> but then, uh, then injuries hit, and end of the day, I think if you take the full-lens perspective at it, Yep. They have exceeded expectations. Yep. I think net-net, last day of the season, tonight, I think you walk out of here absolutely just – this is this is the best way the season could end outside of Steph being on the floor tonight, but we all expect him to be there game one. But I think overall, with what they went through, this is, I think, as good as it gets, right? And I think at the end of the day, Draymond's healthy, plays healthy, Jordan Poole's taking a leap. Right. And I think, Sam, those are the three big things that I just watch. And I'm just like, yeah, what if they were healthy at the end, at the middle of the season? But now they're kind of limping to the finish line. But this is almost even better where you get your core guys completely healthy. And now you have this kid, Jordan Poole, who looks like he's going to be a star in the making, playing the best basketball that he's ever played. Right. With with with, with at game 80, 81, 82. And I think this is as 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 much as you can ask for. For this Warriors team, like you said, with the age that they have and all of that. So, I mean, look, we might be geniuses. We, we predicted the 50 wins, 50 plus wins. We might be geniuses. This is why people listen to the Light Years podcast. <laughs> I, I want to say one more thing. If you told me Steph would play 64 games, I'd be like, that sounds mm. right, right? Mm. Draymond, I don't have the exact number. For, it's about 45 games. Oh, play 30-ish games. I would not have picked 53 as the total. I would have thought they needed 
they needed more games out of Draymond and Clay's number felt about right. And by the way, we didn't even throw out zero games for Wiseman, but that was also part of it too. So okay, in that's... general, no, but I mean, he was, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I assumed he was going to contribute. So anyway, you want to slice it. I do think they have come out ahead of all things considered, even if it was Rocky on the way, but let's get to it. Three yeah. seed, Officially facing Denver Nuggets. Game one will be Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Saturday, I believe that's the 16th of April. And here we are. We're still waiting on the rest of the schedule, but you guys know how it goes. They don't play every, they don't play every day. It'll be every other day, sometimes two days because of TV reasons. Can always count on the Warriors to get a marquee TV slot. You knew they were going to get either noon on Sunday or 5.30 on Saturday. And, here they come in, 5.30 Saturday. How do you feel about the Denver matchup, my buddy? I think this is a great matchup for the Warriors. This is as good as it gets. I, I know the other the other team was Utah, right? And I think maybe like maybe Minnesota by some other chance. So maybe Minnesota was different. But I think you look at all the teams. I think Denver, this is a good matchup for the Warriors. I don't think you look at this matchup and you're saying, oh, no. Uh, what are they going to do with this guy? What are they going to do offensively and defensively? I think Jokic is a problem. He's the MVP. He's, you know, top five player in, in the world right now. But I think the team around them isn't going to be good enough, really, both offensively and defensively, especially defensively, Sam. So I want, if I were to pick something to start on, I would say defensively, the Nuggets are going to have no chance against this Warriors team. I think the Warriors are going to get everything that they want uh, against Jokic and all, everyone else. They just, they just, don't have a chance to run with this team, especially if Steph is back on the floor. So to, to throw in the Steph news, Steve Kerr said pregame, it's a fluid situation. We don't know if he'll be back for game one. We have to see how practice goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. In some ways, I feel like stiff, uh, Steve tipped his hand that Steph probably going to be cleared Monday to practice with the team. But let's be real. He's getting reevaluated Monday. The assumption is he'll be practicing. Do you actually buy that Steph won't play game one? I, that it's one, fluid? I, I think that's a lie. He's playing game one. <laughs> he's, he's to me, 100% playing game one, even if he's at 80%. If we're, oh, it, it, let's say he has a setback and he's done fine, right? But I think everything that we've heard, everything you see him say, it's kind of like with Draymond, right? It's kind of like when Draymond was hurt. This dude's doing podcasts. This dude's on TNT. And you're just kind of like, yeah, this guy's fine. He's going to be back. With Steph, it's like the dude was watching March Madness games. He's out here dapping up the Duke team. He's been at these road games. Like To me, it's like Steph, if he knew he was like, oh, we, I might not be playing the first week of the postseason, he wouldn't be out here doing any of that stuff. right? So to me, it feels like Steph has always said, game one, postseason, either Saturday or Sunday, he's going to be playing that game. And I think that they're going to go through, what, two, three practices this week before that happens. And, and we'll know pretty soon. Yeah, to obviously we're recording this Sunday night. They're going to have six days before the game. They'll probably run through four or five live practices of six days to at least do some work. Uh, I do – I mean, look, Steve is not going to say he's going no, to play. He shouldn't. If, if, something weird, if something weird happens – That's true. It's a bad – it's bad. But then also it's the playoffs, gamesmanship. Yep. Why would you tell Denver? Tell Denver yep. it's a game. Tell Denver it's a game time decision up until the beginning of it. Denver is going to game plan as if he's playing anyway. Like that's that's just how these things go. Um, if you thought the Warriors were vague with injuries, it's about to get vaguer with the playoffs. Like that's just kind of how these things go. Um, I also think he's going to play. I 
think it's going to be fascinating. So Denver, Denver poses a different challenge than some other teams would because like Jokic is unquestionably an MVP candidate and the style of basketball they play is different than any other team. Like they throw it to Jokic, everyone moves and cuts off of him. In some ways, it's it's uh it's tougher for the Warriors to go against them when they're trying to reintegrate Stefan, in my opinion, because it's like no one plays basketball the way Denver does. And I think that's kind of it's 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 a little different where you gotta deal with like, you know, if you're not paying attention, Aaron Gordon or Will Barton's gonna cut baseline and just get easy buckets because Jokic can make passes no one else can. On the other hand, that might be good for the Warriors because it forces them to engage mentally. Uh, as a unit, as a five-man unit, in a way that maybe they wouldn't have against some other opponents, and maybe that's what they need. Uh, do you do you think? Uh, I think the question is, if they were playing Utah, I think they go with a small ball lineup. I think they're going with Draymond off the out the gate. They're saying let's let's put three guards in Wiggins and let, let's figure this thing out. Now with Denver, I think the question that you pose is that they're going to have to start Looney and Draymond. I think that's what they will go to. So the question becomes: Is Jordan Poole coming off the bench? Uh, because it's obvious, Steph and Clay obviously aren't. And then so the question is, is it Wiggins or Poole coming off the bench, right? And I think maybe you throw Wiggins out there because then you, you kind of need a defender at that spot. So so now is Poole the one that has to, or do you go smart with Draymond with? I don't Draymond think the fight gets, I don't think they're going to do that, right? So what do you what do you think? I don't that's, think that's you can bench. I don't think you can bench Jordan Poole. I think so the way what? he's uh, I think the way he's playing it it would. You heard Draymond's quotes after Saturday yep. night's game. I don't think that was just, you know, off the cuff. Draymond's a calculated guy. I think you send a terrible message to your team if you send Jordan Poole to the bench after he's been. But what's the solution? Okay, so the question is, do you go small ball with Wiggins at the four or do you move Wiggins Wiggins. to the bench? Yeah, because you're not benching Claire Steph. So I kind of think Steve's going to go small ball at the gate. And I kind of agree with you against Denver. I'm not sure that's the best matchup. I think yeah. Denver is a loony series. Yeah. Um, maybe you, you know, a, a different team, it goes through it. But I think he has to start the small ball lineup uh, for political reasons. And then if we watch it struggle a little bit, then he can be like, Wiggs, you're coming off the bench this series. But, hey, next series, it'll be different. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the way it's going to go. That's just my Ugh. that's my Sunday night after the Warriors beat the Pelicans. We just found out they're playing the Nuggets take. But we'll yeah. see. We're going to pod during the week. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest question right now, right? Because I think if you break down the game itself, the 48-game game, I think the Warriors have advantages in multiple spots against this Denver team. I don't think Denver does anything that can sustainably beat the Warriors four times out of seven unless a 100% Jamal Murray comes back, which obviously isn't happening. So I, I just think that becomes the biggest question. And uh, like you said, right, is it, maybe it becomes destructive if, if you have to say, oh, Jordan Poole is going to come off the bench because it's a loony series, right? I'm kind of with you there, man. I, I do think they, they probably should go with just the best five guys and, and just start those guys. So I, I think overall the series is good. Uh, but I think that question needs to be answered. I will be very interested uh, come Saturday night when I'm uh, sitting in the Sahara tent at Coachella, uh, hoping to hoping to hoping to see what the lineup is going to be. <laughs> so so we'll see.
what time does uh what time does the weekend of Swedish House Mafia? <laughs> hey, I got lucky. I got lucky. That's Sunday night. So Saturday night, I got oh, no, okay. yeah, yeah, I got nobody okay. I need to see. So I, I'm just gonna sit there. Where I, I've heard they got TVs now, apparently at Coachella. So I'm gonna see if I can I can stop by some for three hours and just vanish. You know, it's gonna be. I'm sure I'll find some Warriors fans there with some Alan Smiling Geese jerseys. That's the goal. Yeah, as we <laughs> mentioned on playback, that has to be the like the prize Coachella item, the Smiling Geese Warriors jersey. <laughs> um, let's uh let, let's talk a little Clay Thompson. We we buried the lead, but mostly because just you know playoff stuff comes out. We're very excited about it. Um, Clay forty burger mm. first forty point game since he's come back from his injury. Obviously, Clay's had some huge games. I thought he scored forty. I saw he scored forty a week ago, but it was it was thirty seven. Doesn't matter. Where are you at with Clay in general on his re- return? Well, I, I think first things first, he stopped taking just incredibly dumb shots just repeatedly, right? Just kind of off the dribble, contested two people, you know, coming off a screen and he's just falling sideways. I, th- I think when that happened, I think you and I were sitting here and we're just like, man, I, like what is he's trying to do too much? And I think Steve Kerr basically said it through to the public. He's trying to do too much. I think since then... Maybe it was that Phoenix game, whatever it was. I think he kind of figured out, let's just be usual Clay Thompson. The league hasn't changed to a point that they're able to guard Clay Thompson. So just be your normal self. And I think, dude, I, I think he's he's about where he is previously in terms of shooting, right? I think defensively there's still stuff there, but um incredible stuff coming off of two injuries, right? The ACL and the Achilles. I think you and I have always said, like, this guy looks better physically than we thought when he came back. But I think now come the end of the season, it almost looks like he's he's just fully ready for the postseason. And I don't know if we thought that was going to be the case, honestly. I also, yeah, and I also think uh, it goes back to our guy Jordan Poole. He seems to finally yes, trust him. Yes, yes. That's, that's part of the reason he's chucking less and taking more yes. of the, uh, the, the, you know, the classic Clay Thompson catch-and-shoot diet, which is he's letting Poole and Draymond make plays for him. Instead of, uh, you know, trying to be like, I'm going to get my own shot. And, and I'm just excited to see how this looks with Steph because I don't know how you guard this. I don't know how you guard Steph, Poole, Clay when they're, when they're moving together. I don't know how anyone guards that because are, are you not going to throw two bodies at Steph? If you're not going to throw two bodies at Steph, you're done, you know? Yep. And if you're going to start giving teams four on threes with that type of talent, I mean, it's not KD, but it, it, it's pretty nice. It's a nice starting point. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the one thing that Denver will be interesting because they play good team basketball, but I don't think outside of Aaron Gordon, they really have the defenders to make the Warriors uncomfortable. Like it's going to be a good series for the Warriors to work through some yes. of those continuity issues. Yes. Uh, the Jordan Poole piece is, is so, 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 so important because my main thing was when Clay came back and I couldn't blame him is that he just never played with any of these guys and he didn't trust them. And part of the, the criticism is like, dude, you've got to learn to trust them. And part of it's like, yeah, he hasn't played with any of those guys for two plus years. It's hard to trust these guys. But I think when you see someone like Jordan Poole, he's, I, I mean, Sam, if, if, if Steph was out for the entire first round series, I'm not going to write the Warriors off, right, against Denver. Like, I think Jordan Poole is playing that well right now. Right. So I, I think like that's how good he's been. And I think Clay Thompson has accepted that and it's made him better. 
Like, it's not just like, oh, he's accepted that it makes Jordan Poole better. No, like the fact that he ex- he's able to play off of him almost there's a, there's a sequence today where they, those guys hit back to back to back threes. And you're just like, yeah, that's what Stephen Clay look like right at, at their peak. Um, and then I think that's that makes the whole team better, which is, as Fit keeps saying, if you throw Steph and Clay and Poole out there, I just I just don't know how teams guard that, especially a mediocre defense like Denver has. Yeah. I, I agree with you there, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a positive situation for the Warriors. Let's take this one step forward. Okay. Um, are you in any way – or let, let me put this a different way. What other players are you looking forward to seeing most in this first-round series against Denver? Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but we're going to have to – Andrew Wiggins has to be good. I mean, if they want to win a championship, I'm not talking. They may not need them to win a first round series, right? I think they can get by with Otto and and Andre and maybe even I, you know, whatever, right? But if they want to beat good teams like Memphis in the second round, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to play very good basketball. Um, I think I trust Jordan Poole to be good in the postseason, or at least not be scared. I just don't know with Andrew Wiggins, and I think that's the guy. I'm not saying he's going to be good or saying he's going to be bad. I want to see what he looks like Saturday night. Real playoff game. This is not Minnesota against Houston, you know, a Minnesota game where there's no pressure because you're an eight seed. So you're just, or a seven seed, you're automatically going to lose. This is, you're the three seed, you're a favorite. You have to play well on national TV. And uh, I, Sam, am very curious to see what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, the other one I'm curious about is this player had a great night against the, the New Orleans Pelicans tonight is Jonathan Kaminga. Is he going to start getting minutes? Because I can see both sides of the story. I think he is the most interesting player on the Warriors who's not like a proven made man. You know, like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're, you know, they're, they're Hall of Famers, right? Like, Kuminga is the one where I'm like, should they play him more? It's, it's tough because I understand why Steve does it. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, uh, they don't have any six, seven athletic guys who get their heads above the rim very often. And, he 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 clearly factors into being a huge part of their future. Can he also be a part of their present in the playoffs? I just I I don't I, I don't know if Steve's going to play him enough. That's the only thing with Kaminga. That's the only thing for me. It's like I, I think Steve is going to play him in a series, maybe where they're down two one, three two, and they're like, okay, we need a change, right? Maybe maybe Steph isn't making any shots. Maybe Clay's off, and they kind of need some energy out there, so they'll throw Kaminga in. Right, but I, I just consistently I don't, I don't see him getting like ten minutes a game. I, I just I I don't see it. Not to say yeah. that he can't affect a series or a game. No, no, I mean I I don't disagree with you. I think if if you like you know put a gun to my head, I'd be like yeah, he's probably I would <laughs> I would bet on I would bet on the coaching staff like erring on the side of caution. Big belly guys, big belly yeah, guys, yeah. exactly. But um, I'm curious how that plays out because I think that's a big, big factor. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take this to the let's take this to the, the goons. Let's see what questions we goons got. Time. Good season. Another happy podcast. Good. Ryan, what's up, bro? Nothing much. Just uh, I think Kaminga took another leap. The passing out of the post and out of the drive has taken another level. He's like pump faking jump, jump past threes. It's just insane. But uh, other than that, uh, playoffs kind of coming up. Denver, then Memphis, and then uh, Phoenix probably. Uh, if Steph gets trapped, game on the line, 98-96, down in Phoenix, game seven, who do you want initiating the offense? Is it Poole or is it Clay? And uh, also uh, – in- Initiating, you mean shooting the shot? Yeah. Either of want- those guys are passing. Okay. Who do, you, who do you want taking the shot? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I, I, mean Clay. I want Iguodal. <laughs> I mean Clay. <laughs> it really depends. I actually um, – my serious basketball answer is I want the ball probably in Jordan Poole's hands because he can do more things. But if you're catching clay, it's coming clay. off, coming off a screen. Like the, that's the best look you're going to get. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. If, if, if it's Steph giving up a trap and clay's not open, I want Poole then, you know, essentially taking on a defender and forcing a decision. Right. Like yeah. that's what I want. But if, if anytime you can get clay, the ball, in, in, in you know shooter's pocket, yeah, I'll live. I'll live with the results of that position. There, there may not be a more. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. I mean other than maybe KD, like there may not be a more. Just he's six seven. Built. He just yeah, he just built for it. Doesn't care. Yeah, if, if he catches if he catches the ball in the shooter's pocket and a defender isn't like literally right on top of him, right. like he's gonna get a clean look. Did Clay make his last two threes? Because if he did, that thing's going in. That thing's going up, and it's going in. It's good to see Clay back. It's good to see Clay back. Yeah, the the thing about Clay is it does not matter if he made his last two. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's comfortable, and and like 
And on some level, I think this team needs that and that mentality because, um, you know, they can they can pass around too much. Sometimes you need a guy who's just like, just give me the ball. Well, that's well, you know, this is why I love the three the three guard lineup with Draymond, Draymond and Andre closing games because you've got three guys that will shoot from anywhere, and then you've got two dudes that will never shoot. It's perfect. The two dudes will just keep looking to pass to the three guys that that can score from anywhere on the floor, and then they they can take care of everything else on defense. So anyway, that's my dream closing lineup, Sam. I say on every podcast. I don't I don't hate it. I'm curious if they'll go to it. Like it's it's a question of how many minutes Andre has in his legs. But like, oh yeah, yeah. if if Andre is feeling good physically, that is their best five man lineup. Ugh, it is a dream for me. All right, let's keep moving. J.M. Stein, what's up, guys? Hey, I got a question for each of you. Um, Sam, um, what do you think the the most likely team to beat the Suns other than us are? And this one's for Andy, and this is a little bit more random, but <laughs> I, I, I became a Light Years um, super fan like after you got after you guys um, interviewed Dave McMiniman in the KD era, <laughs> and you and you introduced him as Dave McMiniman of Clutch Sports, and I just got to know like. What went into that intro? Did you knew did you know you're gonna do that or did that just like come up? Thanks, guys. Jim, I appreciate it. Andy, you can take that one first. I'll, I want to think of the Phoenix one. I so I dude, half the shit I say, and, and this is what makes the podcast great, is Sam does like elite preparation. And then for me, half the shit I say just pops up in my head before it happens. That definitely popped up. Before before it actually happens, so it's spontaneous. The other thing is, Dave, Dave is a really nice guy, so he he likes the uh, he likes the jokes, and uh, he doesn't take it seriously. He's not he's not one of those guys that takes himself very seriously. I think he knows that you know he get he gets paid to do a job. He gets paid to uh, <laughs> represent. Relax, relax, <laughs> relax fire. I love Dave. He's a funny guy. All right, good dude. Uh, All right, what team outside of the Warriors is most likely to knock off Phoenix? Um, I'm assuming he means in the West. I mean, I'll go with the lame answer. I'll go with, uh, I'm going to go with Memphis. I do think Memphis can give them issues on the front line. That's, that's just my thought. I think the Warriors still are the worst matchup for them though. Like any way you slice it, uh, they're going to have issues with guarding the things the Warriors do, particularly because it's going to get their front line in a lot of uncomfortable positions. We, we need, we need, Warriors, Phoenix. I mean, just it's just CP3, Clay, uh, Steph. It's just D book. We just it's the matchup we all need uh, in the West Finals this season, in my opinion. I would say, actually, I take this back. I will say, I think Dallas could potentially give Phoenix some issues, but with Luca getting hurt tonight, I don't know what that status is. He didn't. It's hard to tell. I'm going to assume he's fine, so I'm going to go with that route. But they played Phoenix three times this year. Luka didn't play two of them. The time Luka did play, they won, but one game doesn't really mean too much to me. I don't know that Phoenix has guys who, like, like he's bigger than Mikel Bridges, right? That sort of thing. And then if he's going to just put guys like Aiton and Crowder and pick and rolls, I think he can get what he wants. I think he can make life hell for them too. So I do think that would be a tricky matchup if Luka's fully healthy, but I, I don't know. That does... who's, the, who's the toughest team in the East, you think, for the Warriors? For the Warriors or for Phoenix? The Warriors. For the Warriors? 
Yeah, I'm just flipping his question a little bit. Memphis. Or sorry, no, 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 no. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Sorry. Milwaukee. Yeah. Wrong M team. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we saw what Giannis did in the playoffs. Like, I do think yeah. Draymond has a good chance. Here's my concern with Mem- with Mil- Milwaukee. Wow. Guys, twice. Ah. I ju- they just they, in my mind. Anyway, 942 um, p.m. Wow. What I was gonna say is the Warriors, if they need to play Looney and Draymond together to to guard Giannis, it could really hurt their offense on the other end because then you can get uh, you know Drew and Middleton and those guys like really aggressively guarding the perimeter. I know the Warriors worked them in the last regular season game, but the regular season game before that, Milwaukee made the Warriors. Uh, that was the worst game. So I, I, I don't really read too much into either of those games is all I'm saying. No, I, I still think Milwaukee's the, the probably the best team in the East if everything's clicking. I'm with you. I'm, we're, we're in agreement. I think that's the one guy Draymond will have trouble with is, is Giannis. I think just... Draymond is stronger and smarter, and 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 he gets lower than most guys. But Giannis is a uh, he is a different different beast. All right, Seth. Oh, almost meekest times. Hey, Seth. If the assuming the Clippers win that playing game, do you think there's any chance they rough up Memphis a bit? Ooh, interesting. Um, Andy, what do you think? I- so Paul George is back. They're they're obviously better than a traditional like seven eight seed by the way i love how he just came on no no greetings just ask question dip just incredible just down to business off the bat i love that energy it's playoff uh, season baby i know he's just coming in and just just lighting it up um ty Lu's pretty incredible uh let's just say that he's definitely a playoff coach like 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 a nick nurse right um I don't know. I, I want to say no. I, I'm not buying Memphis, but I I don't think the Clippers have enough scoring. I, but I'm not I gotta I gotta I gotta workshop this theory a little bit more. I'm just I'm not really buying into Memphis, but I also don't think they're losing to the Clippers, and I also don't think they're losing to the Mavs, so or sorry, the 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 the, the Clippers, I should say, or the or Minnesota. I don't I don't know. What do you I, think? I could say- I can see the Clippers making it plucky. I can see them making it a little difficult. Um, Kawhi showing up? You think? Nah. I'm 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 selling the idea that Kawhi's coming back. There's no chance he's coming back. In well, I'm not saying no chance, but a low percentage chance he's come back in that sort of situation. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's uh, I have to think about it a little more. But I I still will side with Memphis taking care of business if that's the matchup. All right, let's get to let's get to Mikas, who's making noise in the chat. <laughs> oh Mikas. Oh no. Mikas, unmute yourself. Oh my oh my lord. You're gonna have to scroll hello, down hello, refresh. Hey, yeah, yo, there we go. Yo, my guy. Go. How we doing boys? Oh man. Surprised you're not at a bar right now. I just closed it so I'm uh, legend. Know, but uh, yeah, watch the game with uh, the only other Warriors fan in New York that I personally know, Will Harahan. He's he just was kicking back drinks and we were cheering, screaming when Clay hit the 41. Oh, great oh, yeah. night, great night. Uh, well, I, first I want to just start out saying shout out Kavon Looney. I think he's had a really underrated and good, underappreciated season. One of five players this season playing every game for like Mister um like you know his hips are always like the ribs you know falling off the meat of the bone type of guy. Very nice to see him being able to play every game. So I got to give Kavon some love. Uh, 
And I think this Denver matchup is very favorable for us. I was looking at, in 2015, Steph Curry uh, went through Anthony Davis, LeBron James, James Harden, and uh, uh, Gasol, I think, was the uh, center who was the last person, right. the first-team All-NBA. This right. year, when we go and win the title, he's going to go through the MVP, Nikola Jokic. He's going to go through John Moran, possibly first-team All-NBA, possibly second-team All-NBA, Devin Booker, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo. Which run of people beating on the All-NBA team is more impressive? And when he does that, there's no way they're going to deny him the finals MVP this year, right? What do you guys think? <laughs> which, Jordan which, Poole which, finals. Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole finals, finals MVP. MVP. Yeah, which, which, uh, which roster of uh, All-NBA Third. people that Steph is going to slay is the more impressive uh, roster? Oh, him doing it this season, 34 years old, I think this is the one. I, I think this is – by the way, shouts, shouts to Mikas. Incredible calls all year long. I just I coming off an injury, first game back after three week four weeks off is is the postseason and he goes through this w- with an aging roster around him after going and shooting shooting something season I, I I want to say Sam that this is this is more impressive this would be more impressive yeah but that 2015 run um he was a better I mean, player they went they went he 16 I don't know if he was a better player actually I think he might be a better player now. But that was a better team. Yeah, for sure. That's there's no other around. It. Just like the confluence of where players were age wise in their career was probably better on that roster. You know, like it's nice to have Bogut and Igdala right at thirty and that sort of stuff. Um, Sixty seven wins they had in the regular season that year. Yeah, but, and wow. going through a young Anthony Davis, a peak Marcus Gasol, a peak James Harden, and a peak LeBron James. Hard, hard to top that one. Um, I think this one is more impressive when you consider the adversity they've had to go through to get it. But like, that was a serious run of of players they went through. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's. Um, I think they're both impressive. Is really my, I mean, my just hedge BS answer. I mean, he <laughs> wins. He wins a fourth. I mean, and without another top seventy five player on his team. <laughs> oh, Jordan Poole sure. top seventy five. Uh, All right. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Manny, Manny, what's up, man? What's up? You can hear me? Yeah, we can Sorry. hear you. Okay, sweet. Pressure was on after the last two. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're looking past Denver a little bit, like understandably. We get there a little, little trash, beat up. But <clears throat> I think they did beat us two out of three times. Three out of four? Season. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're looking past them a little bit. Obviously, Jokic is going to get his. So my question is, outside of Jokic, who's the X factor for Denver? And then also... Being that it's been a different year for us, um, we don't really have a firm closing lineup. What's your closing lineup that you'd like to see against Denver in this series? <clears throat> Thanks, guys. Just against Denver? Yeah, just for this Denver series, because I know it will probably change from series to series, I would imagine. I like this question. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, so just l- let me give a little context just so um, to give it 
flavor. Warriors lost three out of four against Denver. Now, keep in mind, one of those games was the rescheduled one where the Warriors sent no one. And Draymond played in approximately zero of the four games. So He really um, played at zero sure. of the four games? Wow. Yeah, just schedule cork. They wow. coincide with his injuries. Wow. So I'm not sure I'm reading too much into it, but uh, let's answer this question. Who on Denver do you think is the X factor outside Jokic? Uh, there's two names that pop up to mind immediately. Um, Aaron Gordon's one. Uh, just just defensively, maybe on the boards, is he able to make an impact? I don't really think so. Uh, and then and then and then your guy, MT, MT friend of the show's guy, is Will to throw Barton? Is he healthy? Is he making shots? Is is he making big shots down the stretch? Right, I think that's the guy. If you're gonna look at a guy in Denver that's making back breaking shots, it's probably Will Barton, right? So, I would go probably Will Barton. Like, is he a consistent twenty point scorer this series? Right, uh, my answer is no. But if this becomes a six game, maybe even a seven game series, then then the answer for him would be yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go Aaron Gordon, um, not because of his defense, um, but because of that board crashing. I think he's he has the chance to. Force the Warriors to keep one of Wiggins, Poole, or Clay off the floor. If he is attacking the, the, the Warriors, want to use the five-man lineup of Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. To do that, they need to get enough rebounding. And one way to break that lineup up is if Will, uh, or sorry, if Aaron Gordon decides to crash the glass and essentially be like, "You need to put a bigger player on the floor." Yeah. So, I, I think that could happen. I think that could definitely happen. And so I so that's why I'm gonna say to his that's why I think he's the X factor in the series. Because if he's if he's not doing that and they just are gonna let the Warriors play small and the Warriors are just gonna do the thing where all right, if Jokic is gonna hit a bunch of shots, who cares? But no one else is going off. Um I think the Warriors can live with that. But if he's if he's forcing the Warriors to rebound more then they got to make a different lineup choice. And that's why I think Otto Porter is probably the player who's the fifth guy closing the lineups because he's been probably the best rebounder on this team outside of step, sorry, outside of Draymond and Looney. And that's who I think the Warriors closing lineup would be a Steph, Poole, Clay, Otto, and Draymond. I don't think that's the closing lineup in, in this series. <laughs> yeah, until they lose games with, with Wiggins in that closing. I, I just, I think, uh, politically, I think that's the closing lineup will be Wiggins there until it just doesn't work, right? And then Kerr will say, well, it's not working, and I'm not taking those four guys out, so you're going to have to sit down. But if Fair I were enough. to choose, I would close with Andre at the at the four instead of Otto. But you knew that. You knew that. Hey, you got to save Otto. You got to save Andre for, for a little the, later, a little later, Memphis. The, a little yeah. later in the playoffs. Yeah. Pablo calling him. Let's get Pablo up here. All right. Yeah. There we go. Pablo. There we uh, go. There we go. Uh, yeah. What's up y'all? Uh, I had a question. Um, feels like, you know, assuming we get through Denver, which I'm thinking, you know, four, one win feels like, uh, for Memphis, it feels like they're kind of the warriors in, uh, the Warriors 2014 uh, playoffs against like Clippers, like they're good, but maybe they're not at that level yet. And it'll be close, but I, I don't know how y'all feel, but it, it's going to be a really close series. Like I think seven games probably. 
Oh, I agree. Pablo, appreciate the call. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about this, but let me ask you, do you have any feelings about them being on the Memphis side versus Phoenix? Like, are you okay? Like, we've talked the last two weeks about this. Do they want to be the four seed to play Phoenix in round two instead of the three seed? I I think I think Jordan Poole is the key to me not feeling as worried with this Memphis team. I think this Memphis team is just completely ready to that we saw this last season in the play-in games and, and they're just completely ready to just run the Warriors over uh with the athleticism and size and I think Jordan Poole is another guy where they where Jordan Poole can take advantage of the way that they're just going to double and triple stuff. Um in terms of M, do I care Sam I don't know if I do. I don't know. I don't know if I do. I don't know if I have strong feelings one way or the other. Um, I don't see Memphis as this title contender uh, team that I think a lot of people would see them as uh, as of right now, or maybe they themselves see them as. So I think it's it's just going to be a barn burner, good second round series, six games, seven games is what it is. But they're not going. I don't think Memphis is going to be like plus one eight, minus one eighty favorites going into that series, not at all. Yeah, I've gone both ways on it. I, yeah, I me too. Think really, this me is too. a little more dangerous than Phoenix, but I, I honestly, at this point, I'm just like, it's just it, they're, both gonna be, they're both going to be they're both going to be tough. You're going to have to be both of them. I don't yep. think there's enough of a market advantage to change anything, and yep. it is what it is now. The Warriors, if they get through Denver, they're going to probably have to go through Memphis, and. That's how it's just gonna have to be. It's it, you get Steph healthy and you got as good a shot as anyone, right? Like that's that's is what it is, and we'll see him practice tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Mikas is calling back in. Oh. I'll jump back in, guys. All right, all right, let's go. <laughs> uh, Rick, yeah, take we'll, us home. We'll, we'll take you home. I was looking at the East, and uh, I believe we have the tiebreaker of Miami, and I was thinking, so that means that any team that comes out the West is going to, uh, if any of the big three come out the West, they will have home court advantage for the finals, whether it be Phoenix, Memphis, or uh, Golden State. What team out the East scares you the most outside of Milwaukee? If, if Milwaukee doesn't come through, who do you think comes throughout the East and who would scare you the most? I don't think any of them scare me too much because we have a Game 7 at home, Game 7 Warriors, outside of 2016, which we don't talk about. I have full faith in this team. But, yeah, I was just looking at the East. Uh, well, if it's not Milwaukee, who scares you the most outside of the uh, Eastern Eastern teams? There, there is only one answer. There's only one answer. Is it the Brooklyn? Yeah, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, we got – he's gone. Mikas is gone. It, it is the Brooklyn Nets. It does have to be the Brooklyn Nets. Um, friend of the show, Kevin Durant. Former Golden, <laughs> former Golden State Warrior. You know, he's, he's a pretty good player. I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's, it is what it is. They would scare me. I'm going to give one last person that we're calling, that we're officially calling it. If this is a, if this is a clean call, we're calling it a night. Mom. We almost have to bring Mikas on the Hi, third time. Can y'all hear me? There we go. Yeah, we can hear okay. you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, first time caller here. I've been listening awesome. to y'all's podcast all year. It's been great. Appreciate it. Um, so I know I'm jumping the gun a lot with Memphis, but since y'all were talking about it earlier, I guess one of the questions I've been having for or like mulling over for a little bit now is um, how like how do you think Memphis's offense is going to look in a playoff setting as opposed to like their regular season offense, which is very heavy on the transition offense and creating turnovers? Do you think they're going to be able to sustain that? In the playoffs, or do you think there's going to be a little bit of a dip? 
That's a great question. Great question. Uh, yeah. well, I appreciate it. Um, so, so I feel like I, I do understand. So people always been like uh, Memphis, it's all about transition and offensive rebounding. And in the playoffs, when teams try harder, those things go away. My counter to that has always been, bro, the, everyone said the same thing about the Warriors, the transition offense in 2014-15. End of the day, if you play that style and you play it aggressively as a unit, you can force your tempo on other teams. So I'm not, I'm not, I, I just refuse to write off Memphis because like, in the playoffs, you got to be able to like slow and ISO and that sort of stuff. You know, like that. I don't agree with that. Now, the real question is what happens when teams counter to them? Can like John ja and those guys push the tempo even more? That's to be seen. We saw a little bit of that too. Uh, I mean, in last season's playing game where Jaw kind of took over at the end. Um, and I think the question now is, is how healthy is John Moran? I, I think he's fine, right? I think they kept him out long enough. He played last game. So I think maybe he's on a Steph Curry trajectory. He's just going to be healthy, fully healthy for the postseason. But I think that a lot of the answer rests on on that offense, uh, right, and and how they're going to be able to score. Because this team is like all 23, 24 and under. So while they do have some good shooters, right, I mean, Dylan Brooks shoots a lot, but you've got guys, Desmond Bain's a great shooter, right? You've got DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, Jared Jackson. You have a lot of these guys that shoot the ball. But the playoffs are a little different. Right. And I think that's I mean, that's just that's just a young team that's just going to have to answer those questions. We saw the Warriors answer them. We saw Stephen yeah, Clay. And, and, and I'll throw this out there. Like if they get into a walk it up half court game, they're going to lose. Like they're not. Huh. A, so you think they lose to Phoenix like 10 times out of 10 in that series? That's that's a Phoenix series. right? There. If Phoenix force if Phoenix forces that style on them. But like they, it takes two. I do think they have the capability to force a team like that to run a little more and to get into transition a little more. And that, I mean, that's who they are. That's their whole style is bigger, faster, stronger than you. They're going to force you. They're going to make you turn the ball over. They're going to get you in transition. John transitions an absolute nightmare. Uh, And then they're going to also crash offensive glass. Like that's just who they are. Right. So I, I just don't believe that that style if, if they lose, it's not going to be because that style doesn't work. It's going to be because someone out-executes them. Look, it's not like the Warriors turn the ball over a lot, so they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, we'll end it there. We'll be back midweek with uh, more. Uh, appreciate everyone. Talk to you soon.